Global Business Insights podcast from PS Learning, featuring your hosts, Dr. Charlotte de Brabant and Max Kent, bringing you the leading global experts and thought leaders from all industry sectors to give you cutting edge key insights into the future of business, technology, and thought leadership. Hey guys, thank you all so much for tuning in and joining us. In this very special session with a very dear friend, Sarah Scudder. My goodness, Sarah, I've been with at so many procurement conferences in, in the past years. And, and, you know, we met each other over such thought leadership. So I'm really glad you could join us today. Thank you for your time. And especially joining us in our Global Business Insights podcast, talking about the future of sourcing. And Sarah actually just got back uh, also from Dallas, from the World ISM Conference. So I'm so curious just what she has to share with all of us today. Sarah, maybe just to kick things off, uh, we, maybe you would like to just start to uh, introduce yourself to our community and, uh, and even feel free to share some of your main thought leadership content, just what you just gathered from, from Dallas. Thank you for having me, Charlotte. ISM was not the same without you. I think I've been to five or six conferences straight and you have been at all of them. So you were greatly missed and fingers and toes crossed, you will be at the Vegas conference with me next year. My name is Sarah Scudder. I run marketing for an Austin-based company called Source Day. And we are in the supply chain software space, helping manufacturers prevent late supplier deliveries. I actually started my career on the indirect side and spent many years in marketing procurement before I made a major life move and decided to uproot myself from living in California for 38 years. And I took a job with Source Day, packed up my bags and moved to Austin on a Sunday, started my new job on Monday. And that was the end of 2021. And one of the reasons why I was so interested in joining the Source Day team was their focus in the direct material space. I did not come from direct materials nor manufacturing, was very fascinated by that part of the business and industry and decided it would be a really incredible opportunity for me to get some experience in a new part of supply chain. So I've been with the company about uh, just under two years and have had the absolute privilege of building out our marketing team, setting our go-to-market strategy, and really managing our education and thought leadership as it pertains to direct materials procurement um, and helping manufacturers. As you mentioned, Charlotte, I was at ISM in Dallas. I actually drove from Austin to Dallas. My first time doing the drive, it was about three and a half hours. I spent the weekend there and then I did what I call lobby crashing, where I hung out and networked with people in the lobby and between sessions and hosted dinners at night. Had a fabulous time, met many, many new contacts, people that I probably wouldn't have run into otherwise. And a couple takeaways from the conference. One, which we're going to talk about today, was the focus on automation. 
and how procurement teams can be doing less with less. So less budget, less resources, how can they actually focus on um, leveraging the resources that they have to be as productive and efficient as possible. And the second theme I would say was the focus on supplier collaboration and how the world has really shifted from a focus on us versus them to we, and how suppliers have now become our most important stakeholder and need to be the absolute highest priority for any procurement professional. Thanks, Sarah. Absolutely love that um, intro. Um, partly um, because you mentioned you live in Austin, and um, as you know, I uh, mentioned to you uh, while we were setting this up that I visited and had the pleasure of visiting Austin uh, about five weeks ago now. Um, partly getting into podcasting, there's a rather famous podcast host who happens to live there too, which is one of my reasons for getting into this. And uh, had the pleasure of going to um, his comedy mothership as well on the time and spent most of my time on Sixth Street. So please do tell me more about Austin on this as well. But um, just to couple that with a bit more of a, a, uh, a business related question, once you've spoken about that, do please go into what you think the key technical advancements are in your area, because I'm really keen to hear about this. I've been a supplier been in procurement, been on both sides of it. And it's absolutely music to my ears to hear that the supplier is now being treated in higher regard. So really keen to hear your take on all of that, please. Yeah. So I absolutely love being a Texan. A couple call outs. One, I do not pay state income tax. So that is a huge win for me, an instant an instant uplift in 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 what I'm taking home. So not going to sugarcoat. Uh, that's a beautiful thing. Texans are also probably the nicest people I have ever met. I'm a very social person. I like to say hello and wave and make friends when I'm out and about. And I feel like Texans are that same way. And they're always saying hi and offering a hand and just being super, super generous. There's also a ton of really fun stuff to do in Austin. So it's nice to be able to get out at nights and on the weekends and explore the music and art and all the different things that the city has to offer. So of all the places that I would be moving, I would say Austin was probably on my top three list. So I feel very fortunate that Source Day uh, happened to be based there. So your question around technical advancements in supplier purchase order software. So let me start by explaining what this means. So in the world of direct materials procurement, you have organizations issuing pretty frequent purchase orders. And these purchase orders are often for parts or materials. And when you're issuing a purchase order, there's often several line items on that purchase order. So you may have 10 or 20 or 30 line items, and that is a, a breakdown of all the different parts and or materials that you need to purchase from a specific supplier. Well, back in the day, pre-COVID, there weren't a lot of changes that would happen. So a buyer would issue a purchase order, the supplier receives the purchase order, would hopefully acknowledge receipt, 
And then they would fulfill the order. And it was a pretty seamless process. You could count on you're going to get your parts and materials on time most of the time per your specs on the purchase order. Well, COVID hit and that was no longer the case. Suppliers were getting purchase orders that they, one, were not able to fulfill at all. So they actually did not have parts and materials and were not able to fulfill any of an order, or they were maybe only able to fill a partial. So instead of 100 widgets, the supplier may be able to fulfill 25 of those 100. Then on top of that, you have extended lead time. So the purchase order may say, I need this part or material in two to three weeks. The supplier may say, we can't fulfill this for six months. Do you still want it? So when all of those changes started happening, it caused a, a lot of challenges for the buyers because they had this uncertainty, not knowing when they were going to be getting their parts and materials. And if you are working for a manufacturer and you don't know when you're getting your parts and materials, your production line scheduling becomes very, very challenging and potentially may shut down. You may have your team staffed on certain shifts around the clock. And when something doesn't arrive, you have to completely shut that entire operation down, which is very, very expensive, lost revenue, and you potentially are going to risk losing customers because they're not, you're not gonna be able to fulfill your orders when you say you are. So this is where a, a, an organization like Source Day comes into play. And it's a, around supplier visibility and supplier collaboration. And what it means is it's really important for a buyer and supplier to collaborate in real time. So it allows a supplier to instantly let a buyer know on a specific line item, there's a price quantity and or delivery date change. And the buyer and the supplier can communicate back and forth immediately about that change. The buyer can then approve it. And then a software like ours will automatically update the ERP and the purchase order with those changes. And that is so, so important because that allows a buyer to know if there's going to be a shortage or if there's going to be an issue fulfilling an order. So they have time to pivot and put an alternative solution in place. The worst thing in the world is for a buyer to not know a part or material is not arriving. The day comes and they don't get it, and then it's too late for them to go and figure out a solution or find an alternative supplier. Thank you so much, Sarah, for, for sharing. And I'm just curious to, to further understand how we'll actually supplier purchase order automation software integrate with other business software systems in the future, just because that is always such a challenge. Yeah, so a, a so software like ours, which allows a buyer and supplier to collaborate on direct material POs in real time, cannot operate in a, a silo because one, you need to be able to pull purchase order data into the system to know what has actually been ordered. 
And you then need to be able to push changes once they're made to a purchase order needs to go back into the ERP to update the purchase order. So you actually know what those changes are so you can pivot and plan and have accurate reporting. So being able to take software like ours and allow it to integrate with other systems is absolutely essential. For us, we've prioritized and focused on the ERP integration. That is the, the, the most important integration because the ERP is the one issuing the purchase order. And that's kind of like the central source of truth and the hub for direct material purchase orders. So we have a direct integration back into six different ERPs. These are ERPs that are very focused on the manufacturing space. Our plan is to, in the future, expand and have integrations with additional ERPs. But right now we're focused on those four, um, six. The other thing to think about is open APIs and EDIs, which something we're also prioritizing and looking at is how can we make our software even easier to integrate with many other third-party systems through an open API or an EDI. It's fantastic hearing this because I think if I take my own experiences working with software and with solutions like this, much more on the indirect side where um, I can see benefits to this in areas such as uh, catering and um, ordering in food when the PO changes from week to week. You order some uh, sandwiches. I'm talking large scale, of course, multi-site businesses. Yep. They're ordering perhaps food deliveries or janitorial supplies deliveries or office supplies, things like that. And that's certainly myself and Charlotte's background. The POs on that can change as well due to stock issues and things like that. I can also see that being a benefit. And beyond that, some of those features um, almost being white labeled from source day and integrating into the larger EPs because they the ERPs because they can offer it um, as part of their feature set. Is that part of the new features we can expect to see in the sort of next generation of, of this kind of software, do you think? Yeah, so I would say our focus is probably going to remain on the direct side just because our founders come from manufacturing. Manufacturing's really been the focus as to how the system was built out. But I I will say having the ability to integrate with, you know, many different applications I think is going to be a priority and focus for us and expanding the ERPs that we integrate with will definitely be a focus. I will also call out, I think, something that's really important and seems very, very basic and almost obvious, but is a big challenge for a lot of people in direct materials, is purchase order acknowledgement. So if I'm a buyer and I'm spending five or six hours of my day in email right now, trying to go back and forth and look at all the changes coming in from the suppliers, responding to all those changes in an email, then trying to put everything in a spreadsheet and run formulas and figure it out, then going back into my ERP and trying to manually make updates, there's just not enough time in the day. And one of the things that often goes by the wayside is having buyers follow up with suppliers to confirm receipt of a purchase order. So one of the things that we've built into our platform is automating reminders about receiving purchase orders. So if you submit a purchase order and then two days later, 
you have not yet received a confirmation, our system will automatically send a reminder and a notice, say, hey, we haven't yet received a confirmation, please confirm you received this order. And then we have something called radar, which allows you to set uh, dates as to when you want reminders to go out. So if you're placing an order from an overseas supplier, you may have a six month lead time and you may issue a purchase order that may be acknowledged, but six months is a long time. You might want 60 days before that order is to ship an automated re notice reminder go out to that supplier and say, confirming we're still on track uh, order is due in 60 days, you know, please provide an update. Again, if you don't have something automated doing that follow-up, it's highly likely that a buyer is not going to have the bandwidth to be able to remember to send all those reminders and notices. Thank you, Sarah. And just to expand a little bit, um, on the question, I'm always, um, yes, you know, you're talking about the, the startup culture and and we have a lot of smaller businesses out there, of course, large corporations, but in your opinion, will supplier purchase order automation, um, will, will the software also become more accessible to smaller businesses in the future? I would say it already has. So a software like ours was actually built for small and mid-sized companies. So when we actually, when, when my co-founder started SourceDay and built the software, it was actually built with this market in mind. And this means that the functionality and the price point is something that's manageable and affordable for small and mid-sized manufacturers. It's not something that's priced like an enterprise software where you're going to need to, you know, work for a much larger organization to be able to afford something like that. Certainly, when you mentioned the pandemic being the catalyst for how this happened and how this technology has come about and being increasingly more valuable. Um, now we're out of the pandemic. What's the sort of next evolution of this that you see? Yeah, so I think the theme of direct materials procurement is going to become more and more focused on supply chain visibility. And what this means is procurement professionals having real-time insight into every aspect of their supply chain from start to finish. Our software and where we play is in one piece of that, but I see the next evolution being from the issuing of the purchase order all the way through delivery. And a lot of that will come on the freight and transportation side. There's still definitely a challenge where purchase order is issued. You've got all the changes that happen back and forth. Supplier then produces the order and ships it. And then there's no visibility into the order once it actually ships. So I see that visibility extending into having real-time updates as to where the order is in transit, and then when the order actually is delivered. Again, seems kind of obvious and basic that it would be easy to know when something arrives at a warehouse, but there's often a delay 
from when a distributor or manufacturer in some cases knows when something's been delivered, especially if it's a large warehouse. And that can impact revenue because you may not be able to recognize revenue a lot longer because you didn't know something arrived. Therefore, it didn't ship as quickly as it could have. Wonderful. And now um, let's switch to one of, of course, my personal passions. As you know, I do a lot of talks on security, cybersecurity, all of that front. And maybe you can just expand a little bit um, what kind of security features um, would you or will, will be implemented in, in order to prevent fraud and, and hacking attempts? So, yeah. So, so I would say one of the, the biggest security features is moving out of email and spreadsheets. And it is very easy for something to get hacked or picked up if you are managing your supply chain via email or a spreadsheet. So to me, that's a very low barrier to entry for fraud or for a data security breach. So by, by taking out the factor of having to use email and spreadsheet to communicate and collaborate on purchase orders and having that done in a supplier portal like ours uh, already is a, is a big boost and a much more secure process because everything is done within a system and organizations like ours have security measures in place to prevent, you know, hacking and different things from happening. I would also say um, when you are sending purchase orders, there's often what I call support material that needs to go along with it. So I may have a CAD drawing. I may have some support material that needs to go with the purchase order. And a tool like ours allows you to attach notes and send support material uh, to the suppliers back and forth. Again, if you don't have something in place and you're using email to do that, much, much higher risk. Thank you very much. One of the things uh, that's a real theme of our podcast is clearly uh, AI. We've had lots of discussion about ChatGPT and all the new technologies coming through. Where do you see uh, AI and, um, you know, those kind of new machine learning technologies having uh, an impact in, in your area? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's all around automating very manual mundane tasks. So a buyer having to spend, you know, three, four, five hours a day doing manual follow-up follow-up, manual communication, manual changes, I think that will completely go away. And a buyer will be able to then focus on the supplier management piece and being much more strategic in building and maintaining relationships with suppliers and having time to be able to collaborate and work with suppliers on innovation and new ideas. So all of that day-to-day follow-up email type work, I think will completely go away. Fantastic. And maybe you could just expand a little bit. Um, you know, we are a big procurement community and I think COVID taught us okay. to definitely give and take. It's all about partnerships. It's all about relationships. Um, and and I think the role of procurement has definitely changed a lot from this whole being the good guy, bad guy, now it's about a matter of communicating expectations, being there for each other. So 
in your opinion, how will um, just the, the 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 purchase order automation how will it um, actually improve su supplier relationships in in the future? Yeah, so I think the supplier, as I mentioned at the beginning, is your most important stakeholder. It is no longer the we're competing against our supplier. We're trying to nickel and dime and squeeze our supplier. It's our supplier is a very, very key central part of our business. And without them, we will not be successful. So you want to, as a buyer, you want to put systems in place to make it as easy as possible for your suppliers to work with you. And that means automating tasks for your suppliers as well. So if your supplier is getting purchase orders and having to manually review them and go line item by line item and then send emails about price, quantity, delivery date changes, or about um, different things that need to happen based on the purchase order, somebody on this on your supplier team on the supply side is having to go and spend a lot of time. And that doesn't make you a customer of choice and that doesn't make you easy to work with. So the user interface and the ease of use of how you make it the supplier experience for your suppliers is so, so important. So whether it's our technology or other technology, you want to keep the supplier in mind. I would argue even having them involved in the selection and testing of software can be very, very important if you're going to need their buy-in. But once you make it easy for your suppliers to work with you and collaborate with you about changes and things that are going to happen because supply disruptions are not going away. They are here to stay and they are going to continue to happen. When you make it easy for them to work with you, you're going to become a customer of choice and you're going to be somebody where if there is a supply shortage, you're going to be prioritized over other customers that are not as easy to work with. Um, we were speaking at the start of the podcast, Sarah, about how you know lots of people in the procurement community you know, almost get to know each other through yeah. through not even speaking on LinkedIn. The difference now, um, having seen lots of, of your content online, which is all really compelling, now actually hearing what the software does, I'm really sold on this because I think it's, you know, being in the supplier position, I can see exactly why you would need this from all of those angles. Um, just, just to sell this a bit further, give me a few um, features and benefits, you know, some of the cost savings or some of the other things that perhaps a client looking to buy or a customer looking to buy into invest into Source Day might, might experience and might benefit from. Yeah. So cost savings is always a tricky one because not all companies track the same metrics. There's what I would call, you know, some, some soft dollar savings involved with automating work where you can reassign um, team members. But I will say uh, two, two big things. One is making sure that you do not lose customers is a huge, huge priority for every company. And if it's not, it should be. And if you are continuously not able to fulfill orders or are delivering late, your, your customers will look elsewhere. 
and they will see if there are alternative organizations that they can buy from. So being able to fulfill and deliver on your commitments is a really, really important thing. Now, is there a way to put a cost savings metric behind that? Maybe. Um, but I think it's it's something that's just really important to focus on. Also, the impact of bad reviews. If you continuously do not meet timelines, you're going to have people potentially go online and provide reviews. And there's a lot of negative that can happen if you get bad reviews and other organizations see that um, and potentially pivot. The, the second piece of that is revenue protection. So being able to actually protect your revenue and realize revenue in a timely manner. And what I mean by that is if you are a retailer or e-commerce brand and you are doing drop shipping where you actually have your suppliers fulfilling orders directly for you and you are not getting data back from your suppliers in a timely manner about when things have actually shipped, you are not able to bill and invoice your customers until you know that this has done. So you may have an order ship and then you may not know it was actually shipped and or delivered till weeks later. That means you are having an impact to your revenue because you're not actually able to bill for and collect that money till after it was actually shipped. So very, very important, especially when you're a small business and cash flow is tight and you need to be able to collect uh, money as quickly as possible from the time of shipment so you're not having to float all those carrying costs. So two big factors there are keeping your customers happening, happening uh, revenue protection, and realizing your revenue as quickly as possible. Sarah, what a great summary. Thank you so much for this incredible podcast. You shared so much insight and with us and so much thought leadership. So thank you endlessly for your time today and especially to the listeners for joining in. And once again, it was a great pleasure having you. And I just cannot wait to be doing the next podcast with you shortly. Thank you all for your time. Yeah, thanks again, Sarah. It was really enlightening. And um, yeah, look forward to checking out more of your content online and hopefully uh, seeing this in action and more and more customers um, using and benefiting from this service. Sounds fantastic. Thank you very much. And if there are any other questions, please get in touch with Sarah. The Global Business Insights Podcast from PS Learning.
the Global Business Insights Podcast.